Welcome to Road to Redemption, a show sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. So I'm Aaliyah, and here we have my friend Tyler in the studio. Hi, Tyler. Hi, how's it going? Um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for this. It's been really amazing what God's been doing in my life, and I know He wants me to share what's, what He's been doing. So. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on because there's so many young people that need to hear that we exist, that we love Jesus, and um, that there also is hope for you know older generations in the upcoming generation. So I'm so excited to have you on. Um, so let's just get into it. Where did you come from? What's your you know family background, upbringing? What did that look like? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Mississippi, South Mississippi. So uh, in the South, uh, just a lot of sports, a lot of uh, hunting and fishing kind of stuff. Um, uh, Grew up in church, um, 25 years old, so 25 years plus the nine months that I was in my, in my mother's womb, I've been in the church, so that's basically uh, my upbringing. Um, but yeah, just kind of growing up in church, um, I always excelled in school and in sports. It always kind of just came naturally to me. Um, and as I just progressed on, I went to end up going to school uh, or college um, for aerospace engineering. Um, got a degree, uh, got my job here at Eglin Air Force Base, and so that was two years ago. Um, but I guess that's, yeah, that's kind of, you know, apart from Christ, that's where I came from. Yeah, that's who uh, you are on paper without yeah. the Lord in it. Yeah. So where did, where did, you know, as a kid, did you hear about relationship or was it kind of like you attended church and you left and then, you know, what, what did that look like? Did y'all have much relationship? Um, I think it was it was preached. You know, I grew up in like the, the non-denominational type of church, so it was always always more of relationship preached more than religion. But I think uh, you know religion just has its way of finding itself. Just come in, you know. Uh, I think the you know the word says that a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. So I think it, it eventually it just kind of found its way in, um, and it you know it just affects everything. It doesn't just uh, stay in one one spot. Um, yeah, I think so much of our lives too are you know we do this kind of works based life like conditional love. You you know you do things for people. That's why you love. Them. That's why they love you. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it seems more right to be religious than relationship focused. Yeah, and definitely with like my background in sports and just school, like it was always performance, 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 you know, you do good. Um, I think that's that's mainly where I found my worth was, you know, how I performed and that's how I saw myself for a very long time. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, when I was younger, it's hard to say like, you know, when, yeah, I guess start things started to be uh, more religious or whatever. Um, I, I don't even remember when I could say like when I first got saved was really. Um, but I think, um, you know, I was praying about what exactly to speak on like um, today and how I uh, should talk about, you know, the things I struggled with. And I felt like the Holy Spirit actually told me, you know, you don't actually have to be so specific. You're saying, because it really doesn't matter. You know, shame, condemnation, guilt, it's all universal um, things that the enemy uses um, to attack us and destroy us. 
Because um, um, even, yeah, even if your life is, com- like, I mean, I could say we probably have very different stories, like, but those are things that um, if you're not in Christ, you don't understand are so normal, yeah. normal for the, you know, worst part. So that's amazing though. And it's so true. Yeah, it's, it is wild. And it's, it's funny that, um, we're so affected by those things, uh, guilt, shame, and condemnation, but it's, they only have a place in our lives because our hearts have been changed. And it's, it's only because that we don't want those things to be in our lives that we actually feel those things in our lives. Um, they're, they're completely opposite and anti the finished work of the cross. Um, but so many people live in it every day. And I lived in it for pretty much all my life until very, very recently, really. Um, just constantly carry that shame, a deep sense of shame, guilt, condemnation. Um, I lived in cycles, just cycles of sin over and over and over again, the same thing over and over again. And I was just, I was so, so lost that, and, you know, with my background in church, like, my my knowledge of the word actually condemned me more than it um, set me free. Um, just, we always, we always just, like, I just go back to that same thing, that shame. It tells you that you know, what you've done is who you are. But, but God says, no, you are completely righteous. You are a new creation. And I think um, we, don't, we don't start uh, where Jesus finished uh, with that finished work on the cross. We start as completely whole and completely righteous, lacking nothing. Nothing is broken nothing lacking, nothing missing. We are completely righteous, totally delivered, set free and restored. Like that's where we start. That's the starting line. And yet it's actually the finish line as well. Where did you really, you know, growing up in church, not knowing him personally, like where did you meet him? Where did you meet the Lord personally? You know, up until when I moved here is, is probably when I first really met him about two years ago. Um, I didn't really realize what I was doing when I did this, I guess. But like I said, the the constant um, cycles of sin that I was living in, um, I would always, after I would fall, I would always feel like I had to hide from God, that shame. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'd always have to almost like, like I almost had to let him cool off while I chill over here. Like and, a parent, uh, like, yeah. well, well, like an earthly parent. Yeah. And um, one day I just decided, I was like, you know what? No matter what happens, no matter if I, if I do fall into sin or temptation, I'm just going to fall back into him instead, instead of going the opposite direction. And it was a simple thing in my mind at the time, but I didn't really realize how much of an impact that it would have on my life. Um, you know, it wasn't perfect from then on out, um, for sure. I definitely um, had a lot of growing to do. Um, I uh, attended a, a freedom group uh, at a local church. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really cool because a, a lot of those men 
you know, had never really become vulnerable with their, their issues and their struggles. And it was a place where I was able to become vulnerable as well. And, uh, you know, the, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. You know, when we shine light on our, on our struggles, you know, the enemy begins to have less and less power over you because that shame is what it tries to hide you, to keep you in darkness, to keep you uh, hidden and away from the Lord. Um, That's why you're supposed to confess with believers so you can bring it to light, like yeah. you said, and, you know, cast that off you and just be able to get prayer and go on. That's why it's so important to have godly community yeah. Um, whether it's in this small group or, you know, friends of yours, because otherwise, who do you talk to about this who will understand and be able to bring the Lord into it rather than normalize your sin and say, oh, it's not that big a deal. You're a good person. It's not that bad. It's not like you, you're in jail, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, something I, I I knew I needed, but yet I, I, like, I, I just couldn't bring myself up out of that darkness. And it was almost like, it was almost forced not really forced upon me, but uh, I don't think, you know, without my brother, I probably would never have gone to that freedom group. Um, I probably would have just stayed at home. Um, but it was almost the community that I have now was almost forced upon me in a way that, like, it was just people who who didn't give up on me, I guess. Like, they always, they just, they would call me invite me to things and if if they never would have called me for most of those times I probably would have never come and it's that that consistent communion with other believers I think has one of the biggest impacts as well on my walk with the Lord now Um, Uh, since I do know part of your testimony I guess one thing that you know would be cool to see is like what what made you not want to come why would you have never come to something oh, like um, that? Yeah, it definitely just the, like the feeling of guilt or condemnation, basically just like not feeling worthy or um, just living and letting shame come back in and speak to me and tell me uh, who I am. Um, so, yeah, I would just kind of settle in my heart and be like, uh, probably not going to go tonight, even though I should, but. And, and it's funny because every time I would go, even if I was feeling guilty or con- condemned, um, it was always so good. Like I always left like so encouraged and um, like it was always so amazing. But yet, like that's just the funny thing about shame and that's what it does to you. I mean, um, but yeah. I think, I think, yeah, it's so important to recognize that and go, okay, you can't make decisions off of that. That's not the Lord ever. Mm-hmm. Because even a believer can face, you know, condemnation, guilt, and shame. But it's understanding, you know, like Tyler said earlier, that's not the Lord. And that's not what he went to the cross to give you at all. He went to give you freedom and set you free from mm-hmm. those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's been a journey. Um, he's kind of just like slowly... Um, I guess over like the past two years for the majority of that part, it's been a slow, gradual journey and growth. Um, and he's kind of just revealed like lies that I've been believing along the way. Like I just kind of believed that um, my anxiety and fear that I lived with and depression were kind of just like a part of me, like a part of my personality. That's just kind of who I was. Um, and he just kind of started showing me like, no, that's not, that's, 
that's not the truth. And even though sometimes I would still feel that anxiety or that fear, I started to do things in spite of it because I was like, well, that's not the truth. And I don't, I don't really know, um, what I need to do or how I need, what I need to believe or the truth I need that will get this out of my life. Um, but I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't what the Lord, um, had planned for me. So I, I was just always, I started just to force myself in spite of anxiety and fear to do things that I know I sh- I probably should. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of like little things, um, over the years, like, you know, I asked him one time, I said, you know, wh- why did I struggle with so much anxiety and fear? And, you know, because of the shame and everything that I felt, um, I really didn't like myself at all. Like, I, I hated who I was. I hated who I had become. Everything about me, I just disliked myself. Um, and he said that, you know, you believe that if people really got to know you, that they would hate you as much as you hated yourself. And that was just like, I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. Because um, everybody, everybody that knows me is like, really loves me and it's like it's true there's this song that i love and it says you know the one who knows me best loves me the most and that's that's talking about god but it's it's just like everything we believe about ourselves because of you know the sin or the condemnation and guilt and shame it's so contrary to what god believes about us there's this verse in uh romans chapter four it says that even King David himself speaks to us regarding the complete wholeness that comes inside a person when God's powerful declaration of righteousness is heard over our life. Um, so in that, and he, it's, he looks at us and he says, I see myself in you and I declare you righteous and you are completely whole in this moment when you receive or believe in Christ. I think a lot of times we, we focus on progression um, and progress and that's where we get fulfillment from um, but in the very next uh, verse um, it says well it says apart from works God's work is enough um, but what happy fulfillment is ahead for those whose rebellion have been forgiven and whose sins are covered by blood and this is this is King David in the old the Old Testament the old covenant but he has a greater revelation I think um, of righteousness than a lot of people nowadays actually have. I mean, he even says at the very end of that last verse I just read, whose sins are covered by blood. Now, our sins aren't covered by blood. They're completely removed. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. They're removed as far as the east is from the west. Like, they're completely gone. We're dead to sin and alive unto God in Christ. Um, in the very next verse, it says, what happy progress comes to them when they hear the Lord speak over them. I will never hold your sins against you. So we see that God's powerful declaration of righteousness produces complete wholeness in us. And because of that, we have happy fulfillment and then happy progress. We don't get fulfillment from progress. It comes after we're fulfilled as sons and daughters in Christ. Um, Because we are completely filled and fulfilled in him. Um, and when we rest in that, when we rest in the adoption of sons and daughters, 
then we progress. That's when happy progress comes. I think that's, and we get it backwards a lot. I don't think um, a lot of people, I think they spend their whole life trying to progress and get to that place of complete wholeness or trying to grow in righteousness, but we can't, you can't grow in righteousness because it's God's righteousness and he gives it to you freely and it's, it's imputed to us. It's not something we earn. Um, wow, that was so good. Yeah. I think, yes, I agree with all of that. And I think it's so important to explain that to believers because then you get caught up in that. I'm trying to earn my salvation. And you could be doing that for years right. and be so unhappy with the Lord. And he's like, that's not my plan for you. I didn't want you to have to earn your righteousness. I already love you mm-hmm. how you are right now because of Jesus. Um, that very, very good. Um, real quick before we go, what would you say to someone who was, you know, former Tyler, the Tyler that's now gone, what would you say to someone who's in a similar situation? Um, so I think for me, I was very tormented by my mind. Um, just, you know, our minds never sleep. They never turn off. And, um, all these things, um, you know, the devil would just keep reminding me, keep, um, showing me things from my past. And I would, I would, I would like, that's in my mind. And I would believe that that's, that was in me. That was who I was. And, um, you know, I learned very recently and I was taught that, you know, we all have, you know, we all have three voices basically in our heads. We have our own conscience. We have the voice of Holy Spirit and the voice of the enemy. And uh, if it's not producing life in you, if it's not lining up with the Word of God, then it's obviously not Holy Spirit. And uh, and if it hurts, like it, it, it comes in and you're like, I don't want that to be there. You know, it's like, and you wish it wasn't there, then it's obviously not your conscience either. Um so the other, the last thing is the voice of the enemy, and we know that he's a liar. It says that he's the father of lies. There is no truth in him. So when he speaks, um, and we tr- he tries to remind us of our past or remind you of, um, or just bring up things like images or whatever it may be in your head, um, we know that he's a liar. So if we flip that, 180, you will probably find truth in there, that what the truth is. You know, if he tells you that you're never going to change, well, you know, the word says, I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. It says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So it's very important also that we know the word. Um, you know, the Bible says that uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it also says, in another place that in all you're getting, get understanding. So I think that that little bit of um, knowledge about um, just kind of, it's very simple. Like, like when I heard this, I was like, well, that's so easy. Like, I just kind of like flipped the switch. Like, you know, the devil's a liar. So the opposite must be true of what he's saying about me. Um, and I think... Um, you know, one thing I started to do is every time that he would come come with something from my past or whatever, I would just sit there and start thanking God, thanking God of, of who he says I am, thanking him that he loves me, that he's redeemed me and washed me in the blood of Jesus. Thank him that, um, that there's nothing that could ever separate me from his love and that um, I've been set free, delivered, I'm whole, I'm fulfilled, I'm filled. 
and just going after the Lord. And like every time the devil comes, it's like now that he comes at me, it's almost just bringing me closer and closer to God. You know, I heard once a pastor say, he says, if, if the devil comes to a real believer trying to destroy them, he also risks making them. And so that's kind of what's been happening. Um, I think just going after God, even when my feelings, my what I see, my experience or my circumstance says differently, I just, I declare the word of truth. Um, and truth has a name. His name is Jesus and he lives in me. So, yeah, I think that's, that's something that I've been doing uh, that's, it's practical and it's very simple, but it's not a method. It's, it's fellowship and relationship with God. It's knowing him and communing with him. Yeah, that's, and that's what you need, especially if you're in, you're feeling the shame, guilt, condemnation, you know, the mind lies, all those things. Um, well, really quick before we go, um, just kind of what we encourage at the end of each episode that are always just true and each testimony just brings us back and that, you know, the importance of finding a local church of going and getting connected and, you know, being planted and growing, but also understanding who the Lord is, who you are. A lot of that comes from a local church, getting into your word, getting into the Bible, like you, like the importance of knowing your word. You can distinguish God's voice, the enemy's voice, um, and you can find out who God says you are. You know, who is the Lord? Like you can really dive into that and um, experience him for yourself rather than trust somebody else's, you know, gleanings. Um, and the last one is too, joining a small group, godly community, you know, having that accountability and being able to confess your sins and encourage each other, iron sharpening iron. Um, those are three things that really in every single testimony here have just changed lives and absolutely, you know, helped their relationship with the Lord in every way. So Tyler, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. This was great. Well, I hope y'all have a blessed day and we're so glad to be able to come to you and share the word of God. You've been listening to Road to Redemption, sharing powerful life testimonies, giving hope to those on their own road to redemption. If you have any comments or questions, we would love to connect with you. You can reach out to us at destinyradio.live. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week on Road to Redemption. Road to Redemption.